Hello, Mech Warriors, and welcome to the Mech Bay, where we fix your mech and fix your game. What's going on, Mech Warriors? I'm your host, Josh, and I've got my co-host, Loremaster Denim, in the hot seat today. What's going on, Denim? Howdy, howdy. And we've got Paint Bay Dustin pulling up the rear. What's going on, Dustin? I've run out of Tembiki Dark. <laughs> and we are the Mech Bay Podcast, your number one source for all things casual to competitive tabletop battle tech. And today, we're talking about all things at the party with the Yardy. That's right. We're talking about artillery and all things that come with that, whether that be arrow four rounds, mortars, or, you know, the end all be all. Long Tom and cruise missiles are included. Yeah. Battletech rules are crazy. All right. So, but first, as always, let's do that coolant flush with some hobby news, hobby progress, games played, and fan mail. Fan mail. So, first off, for Battletech news, nothing from the official Battletech, but we do have Reddit drama. Reddit, Reddit drama. drama. And now for hobby progress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, roll the D3. It's up to Denim. Denim, what have you gotten done hobby progress-wise? Oh, man, I am so slacking on the hobby progress. We've been building a city map for one of our, our campaign games coming up. But we are not ready, so I pushed that back a month. So I'm still painting buildings and roads. Uh, that's that's really all I've been doing, hobby progress wise. I mean, that's that's still acceptable. I mean, you're printing it out, and then you have to paint it, which is a problem because that's a lot. Right. That's twice as it much. Is. You have to literally build it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then but, paint it. But but we have one of the maps done. We want at least three of them done. We have one of them done, and it looks so good. It's it's going to be worth it in the end. Um, of course, as always, I'll post pictures. But uh, it's it's beautiful. See, and this is the problem. If you you've now have unrealistic expectations from game to game, you have to rebuild every table that day, essentially. But you're building up that that three D terrain equity, one building yeah. at a time. No, that's awesome, uh, Dustin. What have you been up to lately? I've committed heresy. I finally painted a space marine. I knew it would happen eventually in my life, but I'm just still cranking out that color scheme. I'm trying to find my perfect tan. So I had extra models. By space marine, you mean an elemental space unit, right? Uh, well, if you want to count the frog, he does have a spacesuit. So I also painted a sprog. No, uh, or sprog, a frog. I painted some of those. What are they? The new. I, I painted a space frog. What is a space frog? He's a frog in a spacesuit with like a 1960s sci-fi ray gun with the little How circles in the ball. You've not sent pictures of this at all. This is you? in hobby prog. It's in ho- hobby progress on the Mech Bay podcast. Does Discord. he tell you to to do a barrel roll every now and again? <laughs> do a barrel roll. <laughs> I did not play. Was it Star Fox? Yeah, Star Fox. Star yeah. Fox. Okay, I didn't play God. it, but that was enough of a meme that I do know what you're talking about. All right, good. My whole idea is that if I paint cute miniatures, maybe I can get my wife to play a cooperative war game with me. We'll see. I'll let you guys know if that works. Oh, no. I but saw yeah. this. I saw this. Yeah. Yeah. That's the space frog. So a couple of space marines, space frog. I, yeah, that's pretty much it. Really on the space vibe right now. Yeah. And I've been kind of finished with my alpha strike city table. So. Okay. I thought you were trying to get rid of that last time. Uh, they, talked about that it. is the classic Battletech. Because I printed up my city before 
hex tech hit version two, where you could take them off of the hex bases. Mm-hmm. So I've, that's just an old project and I'm painting, uh, hex tech version two buildings, which are, have, they can be removed from the bases. And I've mostly decided that if I want to go 3d, I'm just going to play alpha strike. And if I want to go light in 2d, I'll probably just play classic and keep them separated from each other for now. Keep them we'll separated. Yes. But yeah, that's my hobby progress. How about you, Josh? You been up to anything? I've had to repair a lot of models because I dropped my model case (gasps) while I... In there. Yeah, yeah. While I technically don't keep a lot, I think I keep like 20 models in the case at one time. It was a lot of like... It was probably my best models at at all times. And I was like, oh no, not my Vulture 3. (laughs) (laughs) My my kit bash. And I was like, oh, that's gone. Oh no, not the... uh, Guess who sold... Guess who sold their Vulture 3 before they played Alpha Strike and who just bought a new one? <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing you. That was me. Or is it the Vulture 4? I don't... Yeah, because I have your Vulture one. 4. Yes, you do. And I just bought a new one. Because I'm like, I just... It's a mercenary mech. I gotta have it. That's It's a sweet profile. Was it the Vulture D or whatever? But man, Vulture not... Mark 14. Anyways. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. What, but I feel whatever. you, Josh. I have I have parked my my vehicle on a hill... And then, and then, uh, you open up the back door and, and my, my cases of my metal, like the lead and, and all the mm. Ralph Hartha stuff just slid out the back and fell <gasps> down this, this, this incline, you know, probably 20 feet. Um, Jeez. and it was just, you know, it was a year plus of me reassembling and repainting everything, everything in there. I'm so sorry. But ironically, my other, my Vulture Mark IV D, your previous Mm-hmm. Uh, also suffered some catastrophic injuries and my dolo wire. So I spent my day, you know, my one like hobby day instead of painting, I did buy yeah. one new paint, but I spent it repairing stuff. And I was like, oh, but I love these mechs too much to not. My Ryzen popped off in places I didn't know it was possible to pile, <laughs> pop off. Yeah. That's probably my best looking model, too. Yeah. That Vulture Mark IV, the arms don't want to stay on anyways. No. If you don't drop it. No. Yeah, Hobby Progs Rise, that's pretty much it. I mean, technically, we did buy a lot. The both yeah, of us. did. <laughs> yeah. I got my first round of, I know Southern Assault's coming. I know I'm running Mercenaries this year. I got some ideas, so I bought my first round of minis. I'll probably have to buy a couple more in a couple months, but time to time to stock, get the this stock going. This man is buying models five months in advance. Yes. Nice. Well, I got I got that 150 ton Omega because it's it's a smoke jag mech, and I'm like, oh, I I, I got to get it something bigger than my Poseidon. Got to get oh, it. Oh, that one belongs to you. Yeah, that's mine. Nice, nice. Oh, he's been talking about that for too long. That's yeah. That's true. You did mention it the other day, didn't you, Dustin? And do I, you listen? You got potatoes in your ears. And I also got stuff, and we'll probably be getting more stuff before I even get the stuff that I've already bought because I have a problem, people. Oh, that's for... I haven't received yet, so I can't talk about it. Okay. It's it's right here. I'm looking at it. Right here. (laughs) Okay. uh, Games played. Who wants to go first with this? I've gotten a couple games in. I know everyone else has. Uh, Yeah. Dustin, you've been gone for a while. Why don't you roll out with that? Yeah. I think since I was last on, I know I ran an Alpha Strike demo game. And I think... Oh, yeah. I played... So I played CG Death... I helped him play test his tournament list 
Uh, so he was running a 7,500 and I ran an alpha strike, uh, game with a friend, <laughs> like around 400 points or whatever, but finally got somebody that I've been telling for years that they should try out alpha strike to just try it out. And they like it better than classic. So the problem is I know who you're talking about and they were uh, like, yep. I got my first game of alpha strike. And I was like, you idiot. I literally played <laughs> alpha, literally showed you how to play alpha strike. Like, middle of covid and he was like oh, oh really? my gosh you're right yeah you're right <laughs> i forgot about that yeah. oh man it was a different age so it i was. let it slide that was so long ago uh, or Denim, COVID what about- was so long yeah yeah it was long any other games or that was it i think that was pretty much it okay okay uh <laughs> denim what about you i know you've gotten a lot of stuff in yeah yeah i've got i got quite a few uh, one of my Tuesday games had um, Abe from the from the Discord wanted to to take seventy five elementals versus I my seventy five hundred BV Lance, yeah. And <laughs> I'll give you a secret: slow mechs go down pretty fast to elementals, but my my two jumpers that jumped eight and seven, yeah. as long as you stay four hexes away, <laughs> you know you win. Like you just you just win. <laughs> You just slowly mulch the uh, battle armor bit by bit, and, yeah. and run around and go. You cannot touch. Yeah. Just you cannot touch. Just now, these were these were like vanilla laser elementals. Okay, if they were like elemental threes with the with the nine range AP Gauss, that probably would have been a little ah, bit different. Yeah, but uh, but when you've got a max range of three after your missiles are gone, you're just you know it's it's game over if somebody has a jump eight. That's yeah. They can uh, just jump in two medium pulse lasers. Yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna lose elementals every turn. But it was interesting. It was uh, it took a while. It was fun. We learned a bit. Uh, also, the campaign uh, we had our our campaign game la- last Saturday. Nice. Oh my goodness, that was yesterday. Last Saturday. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so long ago. Technically correct. Yep. Nice little surprise for any of our listeners because uh, we used hidden units. And you could oh, tell yeah. you could tell the people who were caught up on their on their mech bay, <laughs> uh, as opposed to the people who were not, as to where and how they hit their units, because some of them did very very well, and some of them did not. Yeah, but it, but fun. It was it was super fun. Uh, everybody enjoyed it a lot. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Josh? I've gotten two games in since the last episode, which is you know actually pretty good. I did the campaign game. I ran my game, and I ran a essentially 16,000 BV versus 22,000 BV. Yep. And nice. I was the 16, of course. So, you know, the underdog yep. game master. And I took out the two tripods. So my Ares, my Triskelion. Then I took out the Vulture Mark IV D, which, you know, we all love and hate. Uh, yep. My Ha'atoko and a Hammerhead and a Piranha 5 and two this- Sylph Battle Armors VTOLs. I can see this in my mind's eye. I've played these these miniatures so many times. <laughs> but you know, I've rarely put them on the table in classic mode. Yes, that's true. This is literally oh. my Alpha Strike bread and butter list. And I'm like, I know how to operate these like back of my hand at Alpha Strike, but I don't take them out for classic. Yeah, I think I've only I played know. your Hammerhead in classic. I don't think I've played any of the others in classic. The Hammerhead yeah. is fun to play in classic. I also ran a table with the Hammerhead. I don't know what was going on yesterday, but 
there must have been 18 headshots and and at least eight maybe nine mechs were killed because of of headshots hammerhead took uh two erppcs to the head because it can take one yes. with that hardened armor mm-hmm. and be fine and it did and then the very the next one. turn it took another one my hammerhead also died by headshot <laughs> <laughs> crazy yeah, it but was to crazy. be fair, the rest of the armor was gone, so it yeah. was the last place left to hit. Essentially, yeah. uh, how did you like all those other units in classic? Any any hot takes? Mm, hot takes. Tripods are fine. Yeah, but I feel like this was all played on a single battle mat, so two yeah. map sheets. I feel like just when you're taking something like that, like it might have been more the BV. Like, yeah, amount of that's a lot of BV units. on two maps. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I almost feel like this one should have been like two battle mats or a four by four or yeah, yeah, four by four no, by four. A, that's two battle mats. Okay, two, two by, by two? two by two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the we that's can the we can do simple dimension. elementary <laughs> geometry. <laughs> so that's my one thing. We should do one with all the super heavies on like the BFM for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's yeah. this this needed to be done on a BFM for what we were doing at our table because I run I run the expert slash advanced table, which is like no. No holds bar. Mm-hmm. All and it's not like there's a lot of mechs. I mean, the op, the the players only have six mechs max. Uh, it's just everything is super high BV across the board. So there were no. two Highlanders, two Atlases, a Marauder, oh, and an Archer. <laughs> and the yeah, average BV per mech was like twenty eight hundred. Yeah, they're all running like. Two threes, veteran with, pilots, and yeah, ex, yeah. yeah, with clans, nice. yeah, no. So it's it's. Oh, that it's one great. atlas, that yeah, that one atlas has a has ma- a TSM and superchargers, so it can it can run ten mm. and and do. Uh, he had melee master, so he does three punches at twenty points of damage each. Lord yeah. of mercy, yeah, it's it's scary stuff for sure. But it's a campaign, so the players are yeah. supposed to be you yeah. know, superhuman. But anyway, yes. <laughs> Ares nice. was great. Loved that. The ability to, you know, multi-target three units freely mm. is amazing. The 360 no torso. The, nice. You know, technical officer for minus two to all, you know, heat, ammo, shutdown, explosion rolls. It's like, yeah, no, this is this is what a super heavy should be. Oh, I know. Yeah. No, my, my Poseidon, because same thing. Yep. Shut down. You rolled yeah, the snake eyes, right? There. Yeah, you did. Anyway. Skellion. Yeah, sorry. Let me get through all the lists. <laughs> sorry. I get I excited. Got to one mech. <laughs> I get so excited. I know. You, were, you weren't even there. <laughs> I was right next to you. You weren't watching. Anyways. <laughs> no, I wasn't. There's, the Triskelion's good. It's just, you know, against that tonnage. Like, okay. Oh, yeah. Can't blast through anything. Once again, the tripod rules, pretty much fine. And once you're like, oh, it's just an extra leg roll an extra dice to see which leg you hit kind of stuff like oh, once you once the players see like it's it's nothing weird it's just 360 and extra yeah. leg to hit they're like yeah. oh okay the vulture mark 4d great the Haatoko, i took the mech mortar one also great i will say come on guys i literally targeted two woods you know turn one turn two and it's like oh man there's a hidden atlas in that woods i wonder where <laughs> the other atlas is oh it's that woods <laughs> that's funny but alice is trying to hide in the woods i see you yeah. you're too thick <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah one of my games i had a goshawk vapor eagle go jump into into woods that 
not the woods I was expecting them to hide in. And I had a black knight with an ultra AC 20, both, both rounds hit, both rounds hit Whoa. the same leg. So like it legged me in midair and that was it for that guy. He's just laying Oof. on the ground. Done the game. Done. So they, that, that hidden unit did what it was supposed to. Nice. But yeah, the, the Aries only went down because they got the head. <laughs> Like the this, rest of the, I they had probably chewed through maybe 10, 15% of the total armor and the head was gone. And I was like, wow, this is what happens. Heads, you have a one in 36 chance of hitting the head at any mm-hmm. time. You're firing 400 times. That's 10 headshots. Yes. Yeah. So that was a good game. Uh, I also got to play Jeff slash Saracens FTW on the Discord and a Jeff with a G. Jeff We've got with a lot a of Jeffs. G. And got to play him. He was wanting to practice a tournament list. And I was kind of feeling like, not, I'm not feeling a quote tournament list, but I'll, I will do. When I say tournament list, I mean Dustin's tournament, which is Battle Mech Manual only with elementals. Yes. So I took, you know, Battle Mech Manual mechs, but I also threw in the new Stormbird elementals nice. instead. Because yeah. I was like, I want to run these. I haven't ran these in Classic yet. It was like, we lasted three turns. Whoa. Ooh. What? So turn two, I headshot, I dual headshot his. Uh, oh no! So let me go through. So Jeff took a battle cobra. So he had a shadow cat, a battle cobra, and something else, <laughs> and an elemental. Like, oh wow! I'm surprised at the number of people doing that. What? Like padding out, bringing two mechs and two elementals or whatever. I'm seeing that people like thick mechs. I mean, if you're taking clan. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get some. You roll in with two, three thousand ish or t- high twenties. I mean, he had, he had a star. He had three mechs. I just can't remember what the third mech was. Yeah, no, that's the problem. It's because I never shot at it. That's literally why. But anyways, I took a war crow, a carrion crow, a baboon, and the stormbird battle armor. That's it. Just three mechs and one elemental, essentially. Nice. So yeah, turn one, we all kind of like split up. Turn two, I nailed a battle cobra with an ER medium pulse mm-hmm. and an ATM uh, heavy explosive in the face, Ooh, and it's just ouch. like you ain't got that much armor. So it goes down. He's like, "All right, that's a third of my list down. Let's see how we can do." <laughs> turn three, I get the shadow cat's like leg and foot actuator. <laughs> oh no. This yeah, every time cat. it jumps, every time it runs, it's all it's all bad. Yes, he had jumped right next to me, and the, the worker had just like torso twist and gotten like stripped everything. And then the Stormbird battle armor, I was like, all right, I need like a nine to hit. I get it. And I was like, okay, um, advanced SRM threes go. And I was like, crap, I don't have this cluster chart. How many missiles can I? <laughs> and I just roll a twelve for the cluster. I was like, well, I oh, guess I hit max three. anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so he just takes it, and he's like. I think we're going to call it now. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. And there was, and it was one of those games where he did nothing. I want to say wrong. It's just, it's how the dice be dice. Yeah. Yeah. It was all dice. And of course there's the, okay, I have a heavy (laughs) mech that can literally like soak up. Yeah. He had a storm crow storm crow. He also had one. He had the storm crow. He had the storm crow with improved heavy mediums and a goss. Nice. So yeah, so let me. Do, so Jeff had a battle cobra, a storm crow, and a shadow cat, an elemental against my war crow, 
Carrion Crow, Baboon, and Stormbird battle armor. That's a lot of crows. It's a lot of crows. I mean, I was, doing a, I was doing my crow list. It was, I was in crow mode Tuesday. I was going to say, that was it was a murder of a list for sure. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I got lucky with the headshot turn two and then got another lucky stripping the armor in that leg and then yeah. getting it. As the it kids was, these days say, sometimes it really do be that way. <laughs> it was, I will say, really advantageous because turn one, he hit me really hard, but he hit the carrion crow with the assault battle armor and they just... They soak up so much damage when they're riding because yep. I rolled and it was like, okay, two, he mm. rolled, I rolled two fives and it's like, okay, you hit battle armor instead of the mech. And he was like, okay, that battle armor takes, you know, what, 20 damage. And it's like, mm. okay, he's dead, but that's not through the torso. And he was wow. like, wow. And he was like, dang, man, I needed that bad. Yeah. So yeah. So battle armor tank for me again. Yeah, they're nice. They're nice to soak up some damage early game. Yeah. But those are my two games. So had fun. Great times playing both of them. Good. Je- Jeff will kick my butt next time. I just know it. Yeah, he will. <laughs> He's ready. That's it for games played. Anything for upcoming events? And we've got a Alpha Strike Beginners event on June 24th in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania at the Adventurers Guild. They are putting on a fun 300 PV mechs-only tournament designed for getting people into the game. Find the rest of the event information on the Battletech events calendar on the show notes for this episode. Good luck to all the mech warriors fighting in that. So, we'll crack into some fan mail. Uh, We have fan mail from Don Gillen. Uh, Don writes, Hey guys, listening to your episodes on Alpha Strike has me more interested in trying it out. However, just poking about it leaves me a few questions. One, is there a good Alpha Strike list builder? I'd like one that includes formation and pilot skills. And two, what should people know when building an Alpha Strike list? What are the common options taken and what should be looked out for? Thanks, Don. Mm. All right. So first off, using master unit list to build list, that only gives you units. Like that's literally the print a unit option. But yeah. there is Jeff's Battletech tools. And if you, you just have to Google Jeff's Battletech tools and it takes you to a, a GitHub address. But that's that's what people use when they're using formations and pilot yeah. skills. No kidding. And that li- that literally pulls from master unit list and just adds in that second oh. layer of formation abilities. I did not know about this. This is cool. Yeah, it's super handy. And that's I part j- of the reason why a lot of people don't play with those is because there's not an easy option. So this is the easy option. Pen and paper, guys. They exist. No, I don't have time Computers for that. don't have to do everything. Don't let the... Skynet, it's coming for us. I use pen and paper, like, and the TO said my list was illegal. <laughs> Denim's like, it was illegal. You know it yeah. was. <laughs> but it wasn't because of your pen and paper that made it illegal either. <laughs> <laughs> agree to disagree anyways uh option, part two uh what are common options taken what should we look out for we're gonna go around on this one because we each have a little different way of what we like to approach alpha strike list building uh denim why don't you go first yeah i don't know if it if our things are gonna be too different we'll see <laughs> maybe i i think i mean one of the things that i always like to add is some battle armor with flame with heat ability and just a little bit of artillery, like a token artillery. Other than that, you want to have 
in my opinion, you want to have some fast, um, some fast mechs and one, uh, one or two that can tank a little bit of damage, but, but the, the main, the main workhorse of your list will be, will be fast units that can do at least four damage in medium. So, so precise. I like that answer. Um, <laughs> no, I want Dustin to go first because then I want to. Oh, like, oh, okay. I want. I want to critique both of you guys and why you're so, wrong. I mean, I mostly, I mostly agree with Denim. I always want, I always want a mech that can move at least twenty inches. TMM four. I always want that. I always want my token artillery. Always. Um, you got to have an answer for that fire moth H because it's going to show up at your table. That's my only like hard suggestions for unit taking units uh but since you're talking about list building and playing with the other half of alpha strike battle lance always take your battle lance i feel mm. like everything is built nice. around that battle lance so that's that's kind of my hot takes for that question and battle lance is good because it gives the full rerolls. oh yeah it right. just it's good so for laying down the hate battle lance is good and the nova the nova lance that's the one that lets you fire your battle armor while they're mounted right yes that one is also good because you're wearing the battle armor for extra armor, and they can also shoot. Yeah, and unlike classic, they they don't block any weapon fire from from the carrying unit. So right. it's just win win win. That's yeah, a good win. one too. Michael Scott says win win win. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. I've been so watching what, The Office lately. Kill me. All right, so Josh. What did, about, what did we get wrong, Josh? Yeah. I'm just going to say it's like, no, the common options taken and what should be looked at is take as many things as you can because more is always better in Alpha Strike. More <laughs> tools. Many, more tools. Take more tools. Don't don't get wrapped up in the skill game like, oh, I, I'm all clan. I need skill three. No, you don't need that. You just need lucky or you just need to be lucky and roll 12s. <laughs> and, the, and the more things you have on the table, the more chances you have to roll 12s. Yeah, I have I have noticed that with with Alpha Strike specifically is is if you can overwhelm your opponent with a lot of of uh, low cost units, that seems to work better than it's it's a lot better than just a few like three or four really big point units. Because mm-hmm. don't give away because the more secrets, unit, you, Yeah, Alpha Strike more <laughs> units is better. More better. That's how I'm feeling. Yeah. But really don't do don't get wrapped up in the skill game because you know, changing your skill from four to three or four to two, that could just be a whole nother unit doing that same job. So then you have you still might miss that, you know, two plus mm-hmm. whatever modifier. But if you have two units that are doing it, yeah. It's probably gonna be just as efficient. Now you've got twice as much armor. So especially if you're starting. Don't 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 tax your brain with changing to hit numbers. Just start with four. My average list for battles for Alpha Strike is like five, four point five, something like that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. hates it, but it's true. <laughs> and it works. All right. So that's our thoughts. Uh thanks, Don. Good luck thanks. at Alpha Strike. And for store news. Fortress Miniatures and Games has a very limited amount of the legendary force pack number one. Now this was the pack that came out in the first kickstarter and is no longer being produced so if you want those alternate sculpt mechs this is probably your one chance to get them fortress also has in the newest run of thunderhead studio terrain being produced being printed by death ray designs this is the power complex 
the wind turbine, the solar collector, the extended beacon, the retracted beacon, and even the power plant bundles. So whether you're playing Alpha Strike or Classic with some 3D terrain, it's time to make those tables look good for the summer mech warriors. All right, we'll take a quick break, and then we're going to get into Party with the Artie. Party with the Artie. Hi, I'm Elvina, and I'd like to introduce the Hachimantaro Z-Noise Sleep Machine with over 500 pre-recorded sleepscapes. Any veteran is sure to find a sleepscape that has them catching Zs instead of counting sheep. I used to toss and turn, but now I can take my night sky's idling hum from that Vlar 300 XL engine with me wherever I go. My wife even likes it. I used to be restless on shore leave, but with the Hachimantaro Z-Noise sleep machine, I can sleep like I do on the dropship. Now I wake up well rested. Nothing beats a catnap behind a couple of barrels of mech coolant. Thanks to my little Hachi, I can take that experience with me wherever I go. Just like Bay 5. I used to work in intelligence. Nothing would make my eyes heavy quite like trying to figure out what those falcons were going on about. <coughs> this sleep machine really does have something for everyone. I've never quite slept as soundly as I did at Tamo in 52, but my Z-Machine gets me close. It has me sleeping like an acolyte again. Order your Hachimantaro Z-Noise Sleep Machine today! Real customer testimony read by voice actors under contract with Hachimantaro Electronics Incorporated in service of the Dragon. Alright, we are back. Now, some may say that artillery adds dignity, what would otherwise be an ugly brawl, but I'd like to say that every 3025 intro tech game is an ugly brawl, and nothing will make it look any better. I just like to drop things from the sky that explode. There you go. I feel like we've touched on artillery in like every episode, and I was like, have we actually talked about artillery as a whole, as it's truly written in tactical operations? In the nitty and the gritty. In, in the nitty and the gritty. And that's the problem because artillery is both complex, simple, and a vital part of the game. Right. Like, it, it seems complicated until you've done it. I say that so much, actually. I, I recall, yeah. I say that uh, so many things in Battletech can be summed up with. Mm-hmm. It seems really difficult until you've used it once or twice. And then you're like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Are you saying that the Rule books are perhaps organized in strange and ethereal manners, Denim. Yes, I had the same experience with, with artillery. So when we talk about artillery and battle tech, what are we what are we talking about? Like Long know, how do we define artillery? <laughs> what has been your experience with artillery in the many years of battle tech? 
I mean, when you say artillery, the first thing that comes to mind are things like the thumpers and snipers and long toms, the big guns that shoot shells uh, f- across multiple maps. Multiple. And then later on, we've got you know, the the classic Arrow 4. But uh, but it's it's any and all of those things that, that are launched from, from a long way away. Uh, and I know that in the rules, like a long way away could be 17 hexes, but, but, <laughs> but, but traditionally it, it's off board. Um, and it, it just comes in, uh, and hits the, it hits ground on random turns and really just, just throws a wrench into your plans. So, you know, artillery is the things that, that fly in and explode when you don't want them to. Indirect fire LRMs are a kind of artillery, but not this kind of artillery. So we're talking about all the things that are defined as such in the book, because it it really does boil down to that. You have, like you're saying, thumpers, sniper cannons, all these different area of effect attacks that use the artillery phase. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what differentiates it really when it, when you get down to it, uh, indirect firing LRMs does not use target declaration like this kind of artillery is. So we're, kind of mostly talking about that tonight right yeah we're the, talking about like the hard like what in the rules is considered artillery not exactly. what we would think of as in modern warfare artillery right yeah me and you would think of like an infantry squad with a mortar would be quote right. unquote artillery but battletech's rules do not consider it actually artillery like if they are they specifically define what artillery is for rules and so we're going to be talking about the few things, which are, in a game about giant robots, why are we taking artillery, really? Uh, I, I mean, I could totally answer that. Mm-hmm. Artillery is uh, is definitely a tool that should be in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. A- and mostly it's for uh, area denial. Yep. You know, if, if there's a spot where you don't want the enemy to be, you just fire artillery there and it makes them hesitate. Uh, you can also use it for uh, psychological warfare uh, to throw your your enemy off their game, make them question their moves that they want to make, and and anything that makes them get out of step and lose their flow is a positive thing. You're you like know? adding a burden to their their thought process right. in their turn. And what it should not be used for yeah. is trying to kill a mech. A specific mech. You Definitely. don't say, "Oh, I'm going to drop artillery on this guy and kill that unit." If you're going to do that, you're going to be disappointed more often than not. But Denim, is there anything you can kill with artillery? <laughs> well, yes, yes, there is. <laughs> Dismounted infantry is a uh, artillery is just a battle armor eraser um, most of the time, especially and also conventional infantry, which artillery damage is doubled against and then doubled again if they're in open terrain, right? Um, yes. And buildings don't even protect you against that. Uh, a unit, we'll get into that later. But yeah, a unit in a building, the building and the the units inside the building all take full damage from the artillery. Absolutely. Are we saying artillery is like magic, ignores cover kind of stuff? Yeah. Yes, it, yeah. It, it permeates all of that uh, cover. So we mentioned, you know, battle armor imagery. I especially know, you know, battle armor and that, that's mechanized, but we're going to change that terminology to a battle armor in a state of passengerification. That's when artillery does not work against against battle armor is in when it's in passer, passengerification mode. 
Yeah, dismounted battle armor takes full full damage from artillery because uh, all units in a hex that artillery hits because artillery is area of effect damage. All units take damage from that that are in the hex unless it's battle armor that is riding on an Omni or, or on another mech, in which case it takes damage normally. So you would roll damage against the mech, and if it happens to hit a torso, then on a five or a six, that, that particular battle armor takes damage. It is, mm. a, it is a special rule in the Total Warfare book. Uh, so that, that is the one time when artillery is not very good against battle armor. It doesn't so, make sense, but I accept it. Yeah, oh, it does not. It does not, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> I'm getting it is. really starting to hate this mechanized battle armor special rules. Passengerification. Mm. <laughs> passenger, passenger, there you go. Dustin, because you used a lot of artillery in like a few of your lists. What, what are yeah. your thoughts on, you know, why you were taking that? Oh, boy. Uh, well, initially, I didn't know why. Why was because I had a cool Dragon 2 that I had painted. So that's why I took the battle on, or the uh, Arrow 4. But I quickly learned that, as we've already talked about, why you'd want to take artillery is to delete battle armor. It just really does. It's an eraser. And then I really like the mind games part. It's pretty easy, usually, to guess, especially when somebody's just trying to advance on your forces, where their units are going to end up. We've all played Battletech. You're like, okay, uh, yeah, you got seven movement points. You're going to be there. So you write that hex down. And then when you flip the paper over and your opponent has moved their unit into that hex, and you're like, oh yeah, that's the hex that I targeted for the artillery. Usually you're actually going to miss and it's going to scatter. But nonetheless, you're just going to you're just going to get into their head and then all of a sudden they're second guessing everything. And that's just going to slow them down. It's going to add that uh burden to their their decision making. So uh that's why I would be bringing it for for sure. Battle armor and the the mind games. Mind games big time. It almost sounds like mind fields cuz, you know. <laughs> uh because battle yeah, uh, we we talked. We mentioned battle armor. Now our brains are in battle armor. No, no more battle armor. Uh, artillery. It's the ultimate clearing device for whatever the li- anything that's small. Artillery just cleans it away. Whether it be infantry, battle armor, or even minefields. So if you're really playing like a a true, I want to say combined arms game. Yeah. Like everything from the smallest like infantry to like air support. You kind of need to have artillery in there. It's, it's like the counter. It's almost like the rock, paper, scissors for some of those things. Yes. Oh, it's a, it's a toolbox. Like it can both remove entire forests because it's it's area of effect over multiple hexes, and you can bring forests down to down to rough terrain, or it can fill all of those hexes with smoke. So it can either remove cover mm-hmm. or add cover. Yes. So what is artillery not good for? Like everyone thinks, you know, they can take they see the damage profile of that long Tom and they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is going to be great. That's like slamming two Goss rounds into a mech. Right. What it's not but. good for is taking out, taking out anything with a lot of armor. It's just yeah. not good for that. Yeah. You're going to be woefully disappointed. I definitely, when I brought my, you know, my artillery to the table, I was like, Oh yeah, this is, I mean, blowing things up, blowing mechs out of the water. But even when you, you land that direct hit, and you break it up into five point groupings and you spread it all over that mech. You're like, you know what? This was a couple medium lasers. Uh, so yeah, don't, don't be taking out armor. Don't be taking out mechs. It's not, 
that's just not what it's good for. I'm not Absolutely. saying it can't take out a mech. It's, that's not what you should be trying to do with it. Uh, right, if you accidentally right. take out a mech, that's great. That's fantastic. But it's not, it's not going, you, that's not its job. Yeah. You're using the wrong tool if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, because I've definitely put artillery on a mech that was just standing still. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Time for you to move. And I hit it and I was like, okay, it fell down. But I was like, okay, it's still alive. Like, I'm talking a light mech with like, you know, generous armor. But mm. I've also been really disappointed in trying artillery against like, you know, dashers and, you know, locusts and those fast, super, super mobile high TMM things. The things that you would think artillery would be good for. Yeah. Right. Because artillery doesn't care about their TMM. It just cares about, about the hex that, that they're in. I would certainly try to use artillery against them, but again, in an area denial. So I'm going to drop the artillery. And if they happen to be there, they get punished for it. So it would be better for them to not be there uh, is the goal. Yeah. Because if they are there, it could potentially do a lot of damage to something small like a dasher or locust. But it'd be better if they just weren't there. Which is in contrast to classic because an alpha strike, it's a it's a hard counter for a dasher. But in classic, it's just a totally different animal for sure. Yeah. Now, I have had artillery done professionally against me when I played uh, Brad or DVNID the winner of the Atlantic city open uh, classic yeah, tournament. I remember you talking about that. Excellent use of artillery rounds because he could know exactly what the best move I would take at any time. So he was going to put artillery rounds where he expected me to go. And there was a the point where, you know, I was then he was in charge of my movement phase. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the psychological game. He did that perfectly. Yeah. Because so then you, you start second guessing yourself <laughs> and then you're like, well, do I want to go there? And then now you haven't taken your ideal movement. And yeah, it's 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 a mess. And that's beautifully played. So then I had to turn off my brain and just go by instinct, you know, blindfold all the mech pilots. It's like, <laughs> don't go where you think you're going to go. Go where you want to go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, because the artillery he was laying down on you, it wasn't necessarily killing your mechs, but you were just like, I, I have to, I just... I can't be taking this much damage every turn. So then, like yeah. you said, he was in control of your movement phase. Yeah, that was the worst part. It, it was the, I know this is a slow grind and I will have taken two or three turns worth of damage before I make contact with him. Right. It wasn't the damage per turn. It was the, I know he, I'm going to have an extra mm-hmm. 20 to 40 extra damage on my mechs before we actually start fighting. Yeah. Okay, so that's the why. Let's go into the when is artillery used? Let's let's crack open the rule books and actually get into how to use artillery differently because it, it does change the game as a whole. You kind of have to stop and like, okay, here's a new phase. So we're going to talk about that. So Battletech normally has some phases. We start with initiative mm-hmm. and normally we'd move to movement after that, right? Yep. Uh, guess what we don't do now? We don't go straight to movement. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so when artillery is in play, you modify the sequence of play. So we add in the targeting phase. So after you roll initiative, then you declare the hex that you are targeting for artillery. Correct. Now, why is the declaration of the hex before movement? So that you can't know where your opponent is going to be definitely. It still gives them a chance to to not be there. So, so you're like, okay, artillery is coming in. 
and then they get a chance to move. So they're like, are they going to, are they going to drop the artillery where they think I'm going to be? Are they dropping it where I am now? So it adds that guessing game into, into the mix. In that new phase, the rule book tells you to write down not only the hex that you're targeting, but how many turns it will take for the shell to land. So you consult that table in the rule book. It will tell you all the artillery and how long it takes in turns for that to land. It takes. So you write down the number of turns and the hex you're targeting mm-hmm. in secret. Yeah, secret secret is definitely the way that it says to write it down in the book. I have heard of people not putting it in secret, and to me, that's even more psychological. So that's like oh. the that's like the real world. Um, like like if they were to drop smoke, and yeah. so you can see the smoke. Like there goes the the red smoke goes up, so you know that something's coming. Something, and that tells them, hey, maybe I shouldn't go over there, <laughs> or or maybe it's worth the risk. And it's just it's just more psychological. Uh, to to drop that smoke and then have artillery land somewhere near that smoke. That is interesting, right? That but not- I think normally it's done in secret because it's normally. it's uh, yeah. After the targeting phase and after we've you know declared the hex and done all the math for that, which we'll get into, we have the movement phase, and then we would normally have the weapon attack phase, but we have two steps before that now. Yep, we have what is normally referred to as the tag phase. Mm-hmm. which anyone who's played Mega Mech knows about this. If any of their mechs have tag, the game you stops. You the tag phase. Yeah. And you have the tag phase. And this is when tag is fired at targets, hexes, whatever. Using pretty typical gator stuff, right? Right. Well, it, yeah. And yep. and the reason why it's it's in the movement or after the movement phase, but not in the weapon attack phase is because even though it is it is considered a weapon attack, it is not considered a weapon attack for things like multiple targets, so that you can you can tag one unit and target another unit and not have a a secondary fire uh, modifier put mm. onto your mech. Nice edge um, case, right? So edge case. So they had to keep it out of the weapon attack phase. So mm. they made it a like a half phase in between the two. And it's going to modify your weapon attack phase in some instances. Yeah, like artillery. Uh, okay, so after we've tagged our target, then we move to the indirect artillery attack phase before right. weapon attacks correct mm-hmm. so this is when artillery lands like any artillery that's landing that turn lands in this phase so essentially you would not all not all artillery uses tag but it's good to think of it as tagging and then artillery being resolved right then and then mm-hmm. right, moving on to regular combat yeah correct okay so after artillery lands and we resolve all of that they would then we just play the game like normal essentially Right. But since it's a different phase, you can destroy a mech with artillery and they do not get to fire that turn. They can take PSRs and fall down and break down. Oh, and damage is resolved. Yeah. Because it's a different phase. It's a hard phase. It's a new phase number. Right. Not a fake phase. It's an actual right. phase. A for, for real, real phase. Time. Yeah. So yeah, so now we've got two extra phases. We've got the targeting phase. And the indirect artillery attack phase. Tag phase isn't really a phase. I... Right. That's why the, the a tag is a half phase. It's 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 <laughs> before the weapon attack phase, but it's not it's not a complete phase. Even in the books, it's labeled as a half phase. Yeah, it's just it's one little thing. Right. It's 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 its own specialized phase that only has you tag in that phase. Okay, so how are we feeling? Do we want to get into how 
to use artillery, like how the that's tech the, ops rules say to use sh- artillery. I mean, that's the rest of the episode right there, baby. Yeah. yeah. This is why BSPs were invented. It really right. is. BSPs. See, I love, I, I'm a fan of BSPs. Uh, there are some differences because I know we've talked about BSPs, but here we yeah. are talking about like the, the tactical operations artillery and, and it really shows the difference with, with BSPs uh, when you look at it in this case. So there's two ways to fire artillery indirectly, which is, you know, ignoring line of sight. And then there's directly, which is putting the barrel on the target and letting the round loose. <laughs> I, th- I think we should start with directly because it's the easiest. It is it's- so much easier. Yes. So you want to start with direct? Yeah. Okay. Direct. You point the large missile at, at the enemy and you pull the trigger and it's yeah. treated. It's not done in, in any of the the weird phases. It's just done in the, in the weapons fire phase. So it's just like any other weapon. Artillery. All the art- artillery rules don't matter if you're firing direct. It is just right. a weapon, which feels weird. I- it does. I want to say I recall from my games long ago that you're always at plus four when you're firing direct. Yep. And you cannot fire if your target hex, because you're still targeting a hex, even if you're firing direct. You cannot fire direct or any artillery if it's within six hexes of you. Correct. So it's a minimum range, but it's not like LRM minimum range where it's just plus modifiers add to it. It's a you may not fire at yeah. anything six hexes or closer. The the pilot slash uh, artillery operator is too clench for that. Sir, the the turret has the depression, but I don't have the, the will to live. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, between six and 17 hexes is your magical direct fire. But the bulk of the rest of the rules are for that magical indirect. So you don't have line of sight slash you're more than 17 hexes away. If it hits the target, it's normal. Like it's you just hit the target. But if it misses, you scatter like a fall direction, which I thought. was Oh, cool. yeah. Because this yeah, is 1d6. Yeah, it's 1d6, you know, for location with and then you do 1d6 for the distance that it misses instead of a margin of failure. Yep. Which and that's why you can't fire within six hexes is because you, you will never scatter back onto yourself. <laughs> you'll never be able to scatter back onto yourself. Yes. Right. Okay. So that's direct real easy, right? Right. Too easy. Super easy. Too easy. <laughs> Essentially don't be within six, be under 17. So you got 17 mm-hmm. to six hexes is the magical artillery range. And then just shoot like normal. Mm-hmm. Cool. But what if, what if I can't see my target? Then I have to do something like indirect fire? Oh, man, that's so many rules. So many rules. There are a lot of rules. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, and you like want to pick your rules because there's there's just, yeah, there's so much. No. But, no? Pick, no, you pick all the rules. This pick all the rules. All right. All, let's okay. cover it all, baby. All it. I paid I'm for the broadcasting wide. fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bought this book. I'm going to use every single rule ops. in there. <laughs> I'm going to use all the TAC Ops. <laughs> if anything, TAC Ops is worth it just for the artillery. Like, I will say that. I, you know, I want to say it had been probably four years since I opened my Tactical Operations PDF. And you know what page it opened to? <laughs> artillery. Artillery. So first thing out of the gate for indirect artillery. I love that they have a discrete anything beyond this range is indirect, whether you like it or not. Even if you can yep. see them, even if you're on a mountain, if you're on a level 10 hill, and you're shooting from like two maps away if you're beyond 17 hexes it is indirect, indirect fire yep you just angle that barrel up and you're shooting it into the sky yeah so that's indirect 
guess what? Mm-hmm. Then the then the fork in the road goes, and you've got onboard artillery and offboard artillery. <laughs> now, what's onboard? Oh, that's on the same place, Matt, as you know what everyone mm-hmm. else is fighting. Right, that's a unit that fires artillery that you can see and that can uh, that that you can run a mech over to. It's not in that magical barrier that a map has that if you step off the the map that that you are you are considered destroyed. Yeah, it it is something that you can affect on the map. And then you have offboard, which is in this magical dimension that doesn't truly exist, but does kind of. But does, yeah. Because a lot of artillery has its range in map sheets, not in hexes. That confused me the first time I brought yeah. my dragon too. I'm like, hmm, range zero, seven, eight. What does this mean? Wow. <laughs> this guy can only fire eight. That's not good. Yeah. Eight Those are map, map sheets. sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they consider each map sheet to quote be 500 meters. And I'm like, okay, we're in meters now. We're not even hexes. We're just in meters. And then we're just rough, rough guesstimating that to be one map sheet. And I'm like, okay. right, Yeah. But this is important because that comes into the flight time and different ordnance can go different ranges. So you can have really close, you know, low grade mortars and stuff, or you can have super long, far away back at the FOB that takes minutes to arrive. Yeah. Right. Now, the thing is, just like for BSP, Battlefield Support Point artillery, regular artillery gets its pre-designated hexes just like that. So for every artillery piece, you get five pre-designated hexes per map sheet that you can essentially target with 100% accuracy for free. Wow. There is a very big difference between the BSP uh, pre-designated hexes and the tactical operations because of how it's written. Uh, there is there is a big discrepancy, and I did talk to Lauren Coleman, and he did uh, explain that the BSPs is not a writing error. That is how it is intended. The difference is is that uh, when using tactical operations artillery, mm-hmm. and you have a pre-designated hex, you do not have to roll to see if you hit because you you already have those dialed in. But you still have to wait for X number of turns for that artillery to come in. So it could be two turns, five turns, whatever. Whereas using BSP artillery, because it is a more condensed version of, it's like a simplified version of the rules, the specific five hexes, you, when you say, okay, I'm targeting that hex, that damage hits immediately. Okay. So, you know. That one is is a is a you can pull your trap card because as soon as a mech steps onto that hex, then you're like, okay, that's where my artillery is landing. You take the damage right now. It's instant. Magical damage. Magical damage. Yeah. Um, in some ways, it's kind of weird and it feels really weird. But when you're only using BSPs, I do find it to be better because you you don't have all the other detail that you do in the tactical operations. So it, it kind of makes up for things for other things that will never happen. I understand why they did it. I don't prefer yeah. that, but mm-hmm. I understand for, for speed and brevity. I much prefer <laughs> it, but for people who know what they're doing, you know, let's do these rules. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the rules. So we kind of talked about this in the phases, but yep. let's go back. Okay, so let's say I have a hex that I want to target for any reason. I think mechs are going to be walking into that in you know a turn or two, and I just want to hammer that hex. So okay, so targeting, I record the hex number, and that's why all mm-hmm. the hexes have numbers. 
and the location and the firing turn and the turn it will land. Okay. So let's say my artillery is, you know, right off the board. It's literally on the heck map sheet right behind me, essentially. So okay. it's going to take, so it's more than 17 hexes. So it's going to take one turn to get there. Like the, yeah. not this turn, but the next turn. Correct. So let's say this. Yep. So let's say this is one turn. I'm firing a artillery turn one at a hex turn one, and it's going to land turn two. Correct. Cool. So that's targeting. That's done. That's it. That's all I do. Right. That's and that's not one of your five, like your, your five yeah, pre-designated yeah. hexes. Yeah, those special. are already targeted. You, you already know about those. This is a, a new special one. Random hex that I picked because I don't like it and I wasn't thinking properly when I was designating. Right. Okay, cool. Targeting's done. That's easy. That's literally the easiest part of this. Uh, it is. Now, what can I do to help my guys out? My artillery firing team. You can have spotters. You can have people over there saying, "All right, I'm looking. Let's let's see. Uh, let's get an exact range for your for your numbers instead of a, a hex grid. Let's let's get some some latitude and longitudes here. Yeah. Um, so you can have a friendly unit who is spotting for you, and okay. this is similar to spotting for indirect LRM fire, but not 100 percent exact. It's close. It's close. Though. It's very very close. Different so, enough to be annoying. Yeah. yeah. So let's uh, let's say I have some forward observers there. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a friendly unit. They have line of sight on the target hex at the end of the movement phase. It's specific yes. end of the moon phase. So they've moved up to have line of sight. They are spotting, putting their eyes on this target hex. And that is on turn one. That is the turn that you fired it on. Yes. That, uh, that they are looking at it. Not mm-hmm. the turn it's landing yet, but but it has to be there on the turn you fire. So I targeted it, then they spot. So not only do they have to spot in the turn that you fire the shell, uh, they also need to be targeting or spotting for the turn that the shell lands. And I think every turn in between. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's every turn in between. I know for a fact that it is for for the turn that it fires on and the turn that it lands. lands. Okay. Okay. So we've spotted. So I have my let's say infantry or whatever, they spotted on the turn that the artillery fired and they're going to have a line of sight on the turn that it lands because that's going to be the next turn. Okay. Yeah. So each attack done in this way gets a minus one as the shells are then walked to the target essentially. So if they watch that artillery, they spot their artillery lands and then the next one will get a minus one. Right, to make it even easier to hit. Yes, because yes. yeah. they, they are then calling like, a little to the left, Frank. Come on, you can do this. Okay, so that is one way to get it a little bit better. That's essentially just like indirect for LRMs. Now, if that spotting unit was, you know, in you know engaged in shooting, it would just be exactly like LRM indirect. It's plus one to the yeah, spotter if they shoot, and it's plus one to the RD if they shoot. Right. Now, the other way to get a modifier to help out that or roll that we've got to do we're not at the roll to land yet that's the problem right. these are all just modifiers to that mystical number that we haven't even said yet yeah artillery's in the air we gotta we gotta <laughs> generate magical numbers for it they bury this number it's so it's so you're like wait what is my number to hit it's crazy yeah um yeah. but the other way to get a reduce it modifier is your gunnery of the artillery launcher has to be two less than the spotter but also less than four and that's weird essentially if your spotter is gunnery four and your artillery is gunnery two you get an extra one 
because your artillery knows what it's doing essentially and vice versa if the if your spotter is really bad worse than the gunner yeah, it's, it's a plus it's, one yeah because he can't read he's dyslexic he's got to, he's calling in like sixes his nines yeah. um stuff like that all right so let's say we've our, we've got regular gunner and regular spotter so we don't have any modifiers for this first round right you get nothing in that instance Nothing happens that first turn. My guys, they don't shoot. They don't do anything. They're just waiting. They're spotting. All right, cool. And turn two comes around. Artillery is landing. We go through. Initiative, boom. Targeting phase. Let's say we're going to fire another round, but we're going to deal with that later. Uh, movement. They don't move. Nobody moves. Indirect artillery attack phase comes up. Now what are we doing? Artillery is you know, in that infinitesimal point one second before it lands when we have to do the dice roll. Right. We... First announce that the artillery is landing. Right. And in doing that, you declare the hex that you're firing at. That's when I would reveal my whiteboard and it's like artillery See, hex. See, I wrote it down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not lying. This actually isn't that hard. It's gunnery of the artillery unit, uh, normally four, because we're all, you know, intersphere. Yep. The hard part, it's plus seven. And sweet Blake Almighty, why is it plus seven? Well, because you're you're firing this this projectile in the air from far away, and we're we're dealing with like '80s battle tech, sci-fi tech. <laughs> so you know you don't have, and this is like without without tag. I think tag adds bonuses to whoa, certain whoa, whoa. not even that things. Tag yet. No, I, oh, I, I know okay. I'm just I saying, it, but that but that's why the base is so is so high because if you're just if you're just calling out numbers. And hoping firing to into hit. the wind. Yeah. yeah, firing into the wind. Because this is like without modifiers of even a spotter. You're just shooting and hoping you hit using a map and a plotter and and reports of where the enemy might be. That's why it's so high, is because it it's it's imprecise. It's an imprecise art. Um, and even a miss doesn't mean that you're not going to damage them. Um, the bigger artillery you fire, the bigger explosion, the better chance you have of hitting. So I, I understand the difficulty of this role because you're you're supposed to miss at least for a few turns. Scatter. Yeah, yeah, at least for a few turns until you get that hex dialed in with you know with a dedicated spotter or or other things. So that that actually makes sense to me. Yeah, because what is the what is the BSP normally to hit with artillery? Okay, BSP starts at eight. Like that's just the default is eight. You do get. If you've got the spotter who is there when you fired it and it lands, you do get a minus two to that. So it can bring it down to a six. Mm. And and if you're firing something like arrow four and you have a guy with a tag, I think you just need a four to hit. Yeah. But but yeah. BSPs just just make it so they just take so much of this uh, of this guesswork out. It's it's just it's just a consolidated You've method. Got a gunnery zero artillery squad back there, and you paid you know mm-hmm. the best sea bills you could find. Technically, it's a gunnery one, but yes, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. For our guys, it's gunnery plus seven, so you know minimum seven. Normally, an eleven, right? Yeah. So guess what? You're missing <laughs> most of those shots. Yeah, you're missing. Yeah, uh, this is why artillery doesn't work as a single unit. And I think right. that's that's a common misconception. A lot of people think one artillery does the job. Well, even in the tactical operations book, like the 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 example has the one artillery firing seven times in a row. So it's going to fire every turn for seven turns. If you're doing BSPs, 
you can't really afford that unless you're getting crazy high BSP numbers. Right. So it's a, it's a different, it's, it's a different beast is what it totally is. Different. Like, like this is much more realistic and quotes than, than the BSPs are. This is the simulation. Yeah. This right. is 80s simulator artillery. Correct. It's the, it's the good stuff. All right. So, uh, let's, let's get that roll to denim. Give me, give me two dice. See, does our magical gunnery for artillery unit hit? You got it. How does he not have dice on his desk? I thought he lives with dice. I, it's right here. Yeah. I, oh I my had god, it. he's got to get a case out. God. I do, well, I, I got to protect my. You dice. have dice here. On we gotta, I don't have dice. On yeah. Right. Dice. Right. Oh, I rolled an eleven, a six, and a five. Wow. Okay. Okay. I got lucky. Guess what? I don't have to do from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Because I hit my hex. What does that mean, Josh? That means that hex is now designated. It counts as yep. free accuracy. Yep. I'm like, is- Frank, right there. Just keep it right there. Just tape, tape those. In. Just, just, yep. yep. Just At keep least, firing. So until that artillery moves, because you have hit your target, you have perfect accuracy on that hex. Yep. Until, that, until your artillery firer moves. Right. right. That particular artillery. If you've got other artillery, they can still fire... If even if they want to hit that same hex, they have to have their own set of rolls. Every artillery is special. Yeah. All, right. All right. Dustin, can you hit our magical hex? Can I hit the magical number? No. So I got a seven. <laughs> you got a seven? I got a seven. Okay. So we've scattered. What okay, does that so mean? So you've missed the target hex. We've missed. Mm-hmm. How bad? Tell me how bad we missed. So we needed 11, but we had a spotter, you said. So that that helped a little bit. Yeah, so we're counting Dustin's roll for his dice as the second turn and saying that Denim's shot did not hit because in the real world, you're probably not going to roll that 11 for the first shot. So this is the turn two attempt. They get a bonus for spotting. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a minus one. Okay, right? so it's a 10, actually. Yep, a 10. But you missed with a margin of failure of three because you rolled a seven. Okay. Now, next turn... If the spotter is still there, then it's going to be a nine is the target number. Instead of 10. Yep. Instead of 10. Because okay. he's like, okay, okay, to to the right and back about, right. you know, back about a click. They're doing their so calculations. You did you did get a failure of three, though. Yeah. All so right, what so, does that mean? So give me your 1d6 for direction. So now we've, before the game started, we designated north, and that's yep. going to be one. Mm-hmm. I got a two. So I'm going to go north is northeast. Northeast two is yeah northeast. Okay, so it's still firing into the enemy. Hopefully, hopefully Hopefully. not bad. It's going a margin of failure of three, so three hexes. Yep, it scatters three hexes away. And then next turn, you have minus one to hit that, like we said. Right. So now now you've got a nine. All right. Now now roll again. See if you hit that time. No, I got a seven again. But, but well, hey, scattering one less this time. One less hit this time. A long Tom actually hits. Yeah. And the next turn, you only need to roll an eight. Yeah. So artillery is getting better as you miss. Yes. Yes. As long as the artillery fire is not moving. And once again, this goes this goes towards the artillery really is for area denial or or area saturation, building, clearing, forest clearing. Because right. those objects are not moving anywhere. Whereas right. if you were trying to hit a lance or, or a large mech who might be moving, 
then every time you move to a different hex and you're targeting that hex, you start this process over. You start over. Yep. So we've seen what a hit does and we've seen what a miss does. Well, now what? Okay, we hit. So is everything just destroyed? No. No. We do damage. (laughs) Now we do damage rolls. Damage is the best part, right? That's why Uh, we're here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, damage is done in five damage clusters, just like LRMs. Woo! (laughs) And depending on what the ordinance is, it could do a lot or a little, even on a direct hit. All right. So like we touched on, it's going to be five damage group scenes based on the range from the center of impact. So let's say a group of battle armor walked into our hex right as the artillery landed. We, we knew they wanted to be there for whatever right. reason. The artillery hits, that battle armor or infantry gets the full effect. So they each trooper takes... Takes all the damage. All the damage. So in this case, we were saying we were firing a long tom. Long tom with high explosive rounds will do 25 points of damage to the point, the hex of impact, 15 points of damage to every hex touching that, and then five points of damage to every hex on the outside of, you know, so it's like a bullseye. So you keep you keep going out. Yeah. And they're rolled in f- groups of five. So the, the impact hex, you roll five groups of five. The... Um, the next outer ring is three groups of five, and then the the furthest one is one group of five. So yeah, a battle armor, any any battle armor in the point of impact, like I don't think any of them have 25 points of armor. Goodness I don't no. think. So any of them in there, all of them would take the full damage every single unit, so they would just evaporate. Okay. What if a you know VTOL, let's say there was a Karnov or something, you know, two hexes above. We 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 suspected them coming in for a landing, so we we designated that hex for artillery. Things at altitude and directly on the target hex, they are actually affected, mm-hmm. but only the target hex's altitudes. Correct. Okay, so you don't have to draw like a weird hex circle. It's just only if it's on the hex it lands yeah. on. Artillery Correct. goes up and out. There That's is it. no no diagonals. Right. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to BattleTech Physics. Yeah, it's like a starburst. I tried to think of it like that, or a mushroom. Okay. Safe if yeah. the cloud doesn't touch you. <laughs> <laughs> what if you are on a different level, though? Like, let's say there is a mech one hex outside of the center target, but on a level one high. They're not at altitude; they're just the level difference. What happens to them? I ne- I didn't in my reading of the rules I never saw anything specified for being different levels just for the airborne stuff. So if your if your artillery lands on by my reading of the rules if the artillery lands on level 1 hex and your mech is adjacent to that hex but on level 40 you still get hit with that next bracket. That was my interpretation of the rules. And so we're going to say yes. It, so levels take if there's a difference of a level, it's not the same as altitude. If you a long tom artillery shell explodes on the other side of the hill, does anybody nope, it, hear no. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes, but kind of. Check your rule book for that. Okay. We don't know all the rules, guys. Yeah. Uh, I do know no, that nobody, it- nobody knows all the rules. Like, like when I've been playing games with with the writers and everything, there will no, there are the always there are always situations that come up, and they're like, I don't know. 
D. Always. <laughs> There's never been, they and they say this, this is one of their favorite sayings, there has never been a perfect game of Battletech where oh, a mistake yeah. A mistake of some level has not been made. Amen, brother. <laughs> now, I will say the fun part is if the artillery hits a water hex and, you know, mechs are partially submerged, aka that, yeah. level, that perfect level one hidden because they're underwater and the level uh-huh. two is exposed. Ooh, guess what? That already is on the punch table now. Yes, it is. Oh, and that is that is true for, for this as well as the BSPs. Yeah. Mm. Getting a getting getting a column of mechs in uh uh who are who are in level one water is just that's that's worth shooting. That's, 100%. that's what artillery was made for, boys. <laughs> Artillery's now, not good at mechs unless they're wet. Unless they're wet. Now, I remember reading in the rules that if the mechs are submerged, you just treat them as if they're inside of buildings and you you work the damage division. That makes, well, that's just a buildings. Buildings uh, take full damage and units inside buildings take full damage. Like buildings do not uh, do not uh, protect you from damage from artillery. Well, there you go. OK, so that's that's artillery. That's that's not that bad. Right, like I said, what do you use it? And as long as you don't hit those weird, those weird ones mm-hmm. bits, then then it's it's all it all kind of makes sense for the most part. It, it, I too have used artillery, and it's mostly okay. <laughs> I will say the problems with a lot of that are flight times, uh, ranges, and having to know where my enemy is going to move before they move. So I have to be a little precognitive slash psychic. Yes, some of us specialize in that. <laughs> Isn't that the first part of psychological warfare? It's psychic little warfare. <laughs> That's right. Okay. But hey, guess what? There's more things you can do with artillery. That's just the how-to artillery. We already covered direct fire, which is technically its own subset. We have careful aim direct fire. Okay, bore sighting. <laughs> yeah, that's like... We know the enemy's going to come in this direction, so we're going to measure where the barrel is and do the math before we fire. And really, you can do this with regular weapons, but it's specific for artillery. You can hold your direct shot until the target is within 17 hexes. You can't move. You can't shoot. You can't do anything. You're literally just holding the artillery until you see the whites in their eyes. But you can do adjustments. So, you know, the longer you do that the easier it is for you to hit. Yeah. So you, for every turn, you don't move, don't shoot, don't physical, and you're just holding that shot. You get a minus one, up to a max of minus three. But hey, that's right. that's pretty okay. good. That's not, not bad. bad. That's shooting at plus one, which is usually you're at a flat plus four, even when you're doing uh, direct fire. So Yeah. Um, we talked about hidden units. Guess what? You can hidden unit artillery for point-blank artillery shots. Oh boy! It just <laughs> yeah. seems wrong. It just seems wrong. <laughs> it really is just like a hidden unit, except you target the hex and you treat it like a direct ballistic weapon. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's I mean, I feel like this is the movie one. Like literally, the artillery is sticking out of the building, and whoever is going to pass it is going to get utterly destroyed. But yeah, it's an option. Another option for artillery is flak. If you have yeah. an opponent that is running a lot of arrows or VTOL or stuff like that. It's direct fire. You can, it's just gunnery plus three and it ignores all their other VTOL bonuses. So really you're firing an air burst at a target. Right. Yeah. 
There are a couple different flack, uh, flack abilities, which is weird because normally if you have a keyword, it just means one thing. And in this case, artillery flak is slightly different than if you were firing like a hag, a hyper assault gauss rifle in flak mode, which has, which has the, its own, yeah, it has its own special mode. But yeah, this is my favorite. Like I was, I was writing all this up, and I was like, this is why I want rule book artillery and not BSP artillery. And this is counter battery fire. Oh, yeah. nice counter battery fire and. Counter battery fire is really if you have two artilleries, like a friendly one and a hostile one. Yeah. Once once artillery lands, whoever fires at first, you can start doing counter battery fire. And mm. let's say your opponent has artillery that is off board, off these current map sheets. Well, they're technically on a invisible magical hex somewhere at whatever range they are. And right. as soon as their artillery lands, you essentially just target that the same way you would they indirect fire their hex you're indirectly firing theirs so right. yes. gunnery plus seven and mm-hmm. you're gonna you can't spot but you can calculate you know based on direction of their fire and you're just kind of guessing you're like okay you need an 11 so really it's a competition of them firing on their hexes and you wanting to fire at counter battery fire on that artillery and you can't spot because you don't have, you know, anyone in On range. Map sheet, yeah. yeah. So you're, you know, gunnery plus your seven and you're hoping you get, you know, that margin of failure of one or two or whatever, whatever you're firing with to hit them. Mm. And once you hit them, well, that's a designated hex, right, Denim? That is a designated hex once you hit it. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're just, you know, really laying it on. But the reason you're counter-battering is to force them to move to lose their yeah. designated hexes and to lose their, you know, if they move, it's a plus one. So they need even more to hit. So it's really so, like, oh, you were getting easier to hit stuff and I was getting easier. And now neither of us are getting easier to hits. So what if your name isn't Josh and like rolling 11s isn't just like what you do every every second or third roll? <laughs> but you have a lot of fast light units that aren't really helping in this battle. There is another way to to counter, counter the battery. <laughs> yeah, counter counter the battery without using counter battery fire. Well, you're you're using you're countering the battery with fire eventually. Yeah, eventually. But but this is one of those things that that like uh, we just did it back in the old days when we had a weekend to play these these battles. Oh, nice. It's not it's not something you can do on a, on a regular Tuesday night mm-hmm. game. And it, it would be actually difficult to do on a on an organized campaign, not a not a private campaign. Yeah, no problem. But for that, say the enemy's artillery was five map sheets away. Well, instead of running off the edge of the map and having your mech get destroyed, you just randomly roll and place down another map. Mm. And once you get to five of them, the enemy's artillery is somewhere on that map, but it is hidden according to the hidden rules. Nice. So you have to find that artillery, and then your your you know lance of light mechs can uh, can can start shooting it, unless the the opponent saved some some points to to have you know guards, SRM carriers, yeah. uh, other mechs. It, it's it's just a whole nother you know. This game wasn't taking long enough. Let's spend <laughs> four hours hunting down your artillery, you know, as a side piece of this. Yes. And with the hidden unit, hopefully you brought your probe and 
I mean, it's right. it's fun and cinematic because you get to you get to send your scout mechs to go scout. Right, your scout mechs actually are, are good for something um, to to scout with, and it's it's it is exciting and fun on one level, but it's going to add hours and hours and hours to your game. You say hours and hours to our already hours hours. Like, what's yes. another okay, yeah. ten to fifteen percent for fun? <laughs> um, but no, I've actually. Right, well, I mean, this is actually yeah. in BattleTech lore books. Like, there's always like, oh, we've got oh, yeah. artillery, and oh no, they're dashers and vipers running at this. We got to turn around and fight them off, and that's that's a fun big battle. If if you're the guy who has the stack of paper map sheets, it actually it like it gives a use for those because you you have you either randomly stack them and just say that you know when I walk off this edge, the next map I I uh, the just the next map on the stack. Or to have them all labeled out and roll on a table, it's it it's fun to just start putting down maps because you don't know what's out there. Oh yeah, it's random map, <laughs> random artillery, <laughs> right? But no, that that that's like counter battery fire and rolling maps. Like that sounds fun. It sounds it sounds like I don't know what's quote behind you, so I need to go like scout. So that's really all we can do with artillery rules wise. So really it's, you know, gunnery plus seven if it's indirect and then shoot like normal if it's direct. That's that's, right. that's the real big stuff. Uh, let's talk yeah. about tag real quick because tag helps with artillery. All right. So that's how to artillery. Let's talk about the let's let's do the quick hit or miss on the different types of quote unquote artillery there are out there. Uh, first, yeah, good idea. First up, we got battle armor tube artillery. Okay. Only exist because dark age made it exist essentially. Oh no. Yeah. Yay. Dark age centaur battle armor. And essentially it's, it's all regular artillery, but micro version. So, so if you find someone who's playing that in a list, just applaud them and then roll your eyes and, yeah. and go find a different opponent. Yeah. And yeah. Have them write in on how to use yeah. <laughs> artillery. The fun thing about that is it has a sheet range of two. So it's like the oh, closest okay. range artillery you can have. At that point, you could just say you have it and I'm going to use it. Essentially. Yeah. It, okay. That seems like a fun um, alpha strike unit to me. Maybe not so great in classic, but Alpha Strike, I can see that as a, especially if it's not expensive, as a nice cheap, there's my one artillery to take care of those dashers. Yeah. And and done. Great. Now I'm going, now I'm clicking this. Yeah, Master what Loon, it's got. Master. RD BA1. Yep. Okay. What does BA do? Does it do uh, one damage instead of two? Probably one. Who knows? Probably one. Yeah. All right. Or zero star. Let's get real. Anyway. <laughs> zero star. <laughs> zero star. Uh, then we get into actual true artillery. Yay. <laughs> I know, right? We're talking Aero Fours, Thumpers, Snipers, Long Toms, Cruise Missiles. Now, we got to start at Aero Four, which is the king, in our opinion, the king of all artillery. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it, it's a very good weapon. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the default ammunition, high explosive. It does, what? What are we talking? 20 damage? Right. 2010 zero yeah that's pretty so, good so you got a direct so, hex and then all the hexes around it taking 10 for 10 yep right so you know that when it says 20 that's four groups of five and then all hexes around that take two groups of five yeah i like that yeah yeah it's good it will just about kill all the toads if you manage to miss a little bit and it will just nuke them 
um, especially when you're direct firing your high explosive arrow four on battle armor. Right. This yeah. erases the battle armor. Yeah. And a, mi- a miss, a miss by one, like you said, takes them down to one. It takes out all the armor and just leaves the people. So they're yep. pretty easy to clean up because it's Indeed. only one point. All right. Uh, next ammunition type I've gotten rid down is cluster, which is really the less damage, but it's anti-infantry. But mm-hmm. if it hits a hex with a you know mech in it, it counts as a shot from above, which is really right. Just punch table essentially. Essentially, I'm, I'm I'm compressing you know multiple rules down, but it's only hitting the top half of the target. Now you're talking about parts of the mech to hit. I think one thing we didn't cover so far, real quick, is how you handle facings when you happen to hit a mech or vehicle with artillery. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because you don't really consider where the artillery hit in relation to the mech. You you're concerned with where the artillery was fired from. Okay. uh, Then we have homing missiles. The I want to say the reason why tag exists and why arrow four kind of exists. Yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. Arrow four homing missiles are, are beautiful and they've got their own set of weird rules. Yeah. I think even the rules like say that arrow four is a waste unless you're taking arrow four homing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to lay the hate on the targets, the homing missiles are great, especially on the mechs or whatever. Yeah, so if you're using homing missiles, you you still designate a hex just like you would, and then in any time you're using artillery, in the turn that the artillery, the arrow four homing missile lands, you make your tag designation, and if the target that you are tagging is within eight hexes of the hex you chose for the shell or the artillery, the arrow four homing artillery to land on. Then you make a roll from there. So is it within eight hexes of the designated hex? Yes. Then you roll on a four up. It just hits the target that is laser designated on a one to three. It hits the hex that you're laser designating, but does five damage instead of the full damage. Right. Which is 20. So it's either do 20 points to one location or do five points to everything in that hex. Mm -hmm. And then if nobody is within eight hexes of that originally designated hex, then it just blows up harmlessly over the field. So it just disappears. Right. It just flies off into the distance. Yeah. This is ECM proof. If you're tagging, the arrow four missile hits, even if it's inside of an ECM bubble, which is nice. But uh, as I recall, Ionarch Nemesis pods can can pretend like the tag is put on a friendly unit. Yes. And, and you have a chance of the, the missile hitting your friendly instead of the enemy who you're actually tagging. And even then, it's just a chance. It's a 50-50. Right. It's 50, a 50-50. If, if, if the Ionarch is right next to the target, it's 50-50. Mm-hmm. So are you feeling lucky, kid? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, but homing is, I want to say, the best because you have eight hexes of free, you know, change in your mind. Yeah, free real estate. And then it's just a four up on 2d6, and that's really just the, you know, does it hit the target or does it hit the hex? Yeah, do you get your full damage or do you get not quite as much damage? Consolation prize damage. Yes. Now, I want to say the rest of the artillery that we're talking about here operates mostly the same outside of its different range 
characteristics and damage characteristics with the thumper, the sniper, and the long toms. Mm-hmm. It's all basically the same, just different payloads, right? Yeah. Right. And and there's always like the, is it better to have, you know, two long toms or, or like four thumpers type type thing? Right. You know, so, so the, but those are personal questions. You, you have to figure that out yourself. So we just want to quickly mention, it's like, uh, there's also smoke, which is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fast. Smoke, yeah. Uh, fast cam, which is minefields. You can have all types of different ammo uh, loadouts that that you want. Uh, there's illumination ones, star so, shells, nice. Yeah, so there there's there's all kinds of things that you can choose and have fun with. And as you know, I like choice. I like I like uh, I like having that Swiss Army toolbox type thing. So that's always fun for me. That's the Arrow Four section. That's you know the generic what you're most likely going to see. Like if you search all artillery. I'd say 66% of them are just Arrow 4 variants. Yes. And there's a reason. <laughs> For the more ballistic styled ordnance, we have the Thumper at 15 damage, Sniper at 20 damage, the Long Tom at 25 damage, reducing down to 15 and then 5 damage. So that's the big boy. Yeah. That's a big pie plate. Yeah. What are our thoughts on the ballistic artillery? I mean, they're classic. They're just they're just classic weapons, like the gigantic guns that are just firing shells into the air. It's not as not as fun to use as an Arrow Four, but um, but it's it's just fun to see them on the field. It's fun to use them. It mm. feels it feels old school. It feels right. It feels right. Now the ballistic ones can take a special thing called uh, Copperhead ammunition, which is essentially homing rounds right you can tag a, a hex and it increases the chance of hitting significantly and that's just like a big ballistic hit like that's the one that does full damage no explosive yes yes exactly ac20 on demand where you want it when you want it yeah okay that's no you know no damage groupings that's just full damage to a location Right. Copperhead artillery munitions function as Arrow 4 homing missiles. See page 97. Love it. Uh, we're going to quickly touch. There's another thing called cruise missiles. And there's really only one you know, mobile one. And that's the smallest size. They go uh, 50, 70, 90, and 120. They're more, of like, they're more like capital artillery, but they follow the same rules. Yeah, they're bunker busters. Yeah. Uh, there is a Sturmfuhrer tank with a 50 cruise missile oh, really on it. yeah <laughs> it gets one one cruise missile one cruise missile and that is 50 in the hexit targets and 25 in the surrounding so it only does two range but it's huh. it's a lot of damage to that one hex <sighs> and i'm throwing this in there because some of you guys want it oh it's got to be mentioned we just don't use it because yeah. there, there's reasons we don't like it because we want to play actual BattleTech with friends. That's because we want to play BattleTech. Well, and we don't want to feel like playing um, uh, the Blakists all the time. That's true. Guess what? So Long Toms can take the Davy Crockett Long Tom round, which is a <laughs> low-grade tactical nuclear warhead. I'm just going to touch on that real quick. Hey, do you know what the base damage at the target hex is, Denim? What is it? A hundred. Wow. Yeah, a hundred. Yeah. Which, I mean, there are mechs that can take that. Oh, yeah. And Atlas can eat that. E- easily. Okay, so the actual problem is every location on that unit has to be able to take a hundred. Yeah, everything in that hex. Yeah. Yes. No, like every location on the unit. 
Oh, is that how that works? Yeah. Like, like, like each arm, each torso. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Now that that nukes the mech. It was every location has. There's a minimum value. I mean, I would expect a nuke, a tactical nuke, to kill a mech if you dropped it right on its head. It's still a nuke. So the problem is, there's a secondary effects roll, and that's where you die from it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, yeah, the, the damage degradation is five per hex. You know. Essentially, yeah, and the secondary effects is forty hexes from the target, bro. That's twenty hexes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's twenty. He- that's more than a map sheet. Ground zero hex. Yeah, any units or buildings located in the ground zero hex are completely annihilated if they do not possess enough armor or CF points to withstand the weapon's impact damage value in any single hit location. Correct. Wow. Yeah, so- nailed it. Good Josh job. knows his nukes. Dead. Dead. Yeah. yeah, so no, your Atlas does not have enough armor. No, it, it doesn't. It does not have 100 points, 101 it, points in its head. That is correct. Nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> nobody survives the the Davy Crockett. So, yeah. you know what? Don't play with nukes, folks. Because once you do, it's literally, you know, Ares Convention gets ripped up and it's all, all bets are off. But that's why long times exist, right? For nuclear deployment. You know it. <laughs> all right. All right, so we're running on time, but let's do a quick artillery list and review because we've talked about a lot. How are we actually going to put it on the table? And for this one, I wanted to bring mine. And this is this is a list that I would bring if I was fighting like a, a long battle, like one where there was mm-hmm. like four, five, or six map sheets long, which is, to me, that says you're playing clan because you need fast stuff that's going to be able to move across the table quickly like you're running towards an objective and you want some backup so this is the backup quote-unquote star is what i'm calling it so this is a uh, raven alliance support star okay is just under 5k bv so it's plenty of bv for the main assault group so i have mobile long time artillery gunnery four gunnery and piloting five i have two bombardier uh, 05As at 4.5, and they have one arrow four. They have four tons of ammo. So I've split that this with two homing, two regular. Mm-hmm. And nice. they also have three rocket launcher 20s on them. Oh, wow. A ear small laser for the funsies, but they also have AMS ammo. So they have okay. AMS. Yeah, AMS is nice. Um, yeah. I have Sylph Battle Armor. So this is the you know actual clan helping out yeah self battle so they are the vtol spotters for this and i also have a point of satyr for protomex and they all have a light tag and an ap goss rifle and they move 711 fast so this is a that is fast this is a self-contained artillery focused support star in my mind yeah. So our the long time has to be deployed uh and it's immobile when it's deployed. Is that how how many map sheets away do you normally have that in in this is this like same map sheet type thing? For for the long time I'm probably you know running that for a turn or two on this, you know, hypothetical imaginary longboard and then just deploying it. Like it's spending one or two turns just setting up. Because otherwise it would have been like, like what units are you going to leave on that map sheet to defend it? But if it's just at the top of this, of this long sheet, yeah. then yeah, that's, that's, you know, let it get its shots off and then, and then just clean up with everything else. Cause I'm imagining this, like everyone's deploying at the same time 
and then you know the fast you know true the satyrs and the sylphs are moving forward yes and the rest of like the actual because this list doesn't work on its own this is a right this is a piece of a pie yeah but this is the artillery focused pie and i think it does it well Um, yeah the bombardiers they can move up and the best part about it with those three rocket launcher 20s they're kind of like their own defensive line for anyone that's trying to run through them yeah i like that yeah this speed anything with that much speed is just it yeah i like it i like that they have plenty of rounds they have 20 rounds of era four the sylph battle armor not as fast but what they can do is ride in on any of the hopefully an omni with the main primary assault star get deployed up and then they're v up they are getting into positions to give line of sight for that first volley of artillery nice and the other one is the satyr force they are either image anti-imagery cleanup so if i'm worried about counter battery fire and counter spotting they've got the ap gloss rifles for extra infantry damage but they also have light tag each of them has its own light tag so that is five chances to get a tag somewhere yeah that's the, that's 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 good. good the key is if i let's say i tag five different things i get a lucky roll i tag five different things the arrow four i get to pick as long as it's within the eight hexes of the target hex right yeah. you can pick any of them all of them yes yeah it's it's that's good the, the five chances super good mm-hmm. do you guys think this list like i said this is a weird list because it's a it's not a all-rounder it's list part of a, it's yeah. part of a list right but i feel like that's how you have to kind of do artillery if you really want to do it well and i think this is this is the bare minimum but but yes if you're going to do artillery intelligently if you're going to do it so it works it needs to be its own its own part that you can fit into a, a larger unit that that takes up you know the rest of the job that you need done uh, most of the time that's defending your artillery pieces because you don't have anything here that can really defend the, the long tom or the bombardiers. Really. No, it, the closest thing, like I said, is the bombardiers with you know three rocket launcher twenties, which is yeah. But that's deterrent. That's not defense. Correct. That's oh no! I've put my dasher right behind you. It's like okay, are you feeling that lucky? Yeah. Do we see any other problems with my list, or do we want to? I mean, I'd like to see it. Let's let's try that because I I really don't know. This could work great. This could just be kind of silly. It has the potential. Like the, the satyrs, the satyrs and the sylph, like all working together. I, it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, it's pretty relatively cheap. 5K for a star is not, or yeah. really 4.6K for a star isn't too bad. Yep. Then I would just be curious. Yeah, you got to be smart with your artillery because you got to get 5K worth of BV out of it. Next, Dustin, your list is more of a general use. Indeed. But- I've used um, something close to this list, so I switched it up because the first time I built this list, I didn't bring tag because I didn't know what homing arrow four was. But so I've I've since switched up the list and I've used this. So let me just talk about the list. It's I've got a dragon two K and this is at four four because I had a little bit of battle value. Is this Hitosume or Hitotsume Kozo? Hitotsume. Hitotsume Kozo. One P. And that's just my TSM brawler at 1584 to get in there. I have a, a Marauder 9M2, which is also a brawler, but it comes with tag. Yes, it does. It has four large lasers and tag. 
And then I have a Morgan four. That's just a more mobile, but pretty nasty light mech that the Draconis combine gets to use. So that comes in at 7,300 and one battle value, which um, is a battle value around 7,500 that I like to run if I'm running a later era game. And I've used this list. It works okay. The Dragon 2, this kind of uh, conforms to my half a sniper. But the problem with my Dragon 2 is that it's half of an artillery mech and also half of a sniper because it has like one medium laser, a special medium laser, like a pulse or something. I don't remember. It's negligible. And then it has an ERPPC intersphere spec. So... 10 damage at long. It's a little expensive for what it brings. Uh, but if you're if you're playing it right, getting into your opponent's head by dropping the indirect fire, the arrow four munitions, and then once you get your brawlers in and tagging and really bringing the heat down, it, it's okay. I, I like this list. It's it's fun. I like bringing artillery to the table. And you know, you've had that conversation with your opponent. What kind of artillery I'm bringing? And one edge case, too, that I've definitely used this list in is the Dragon 2 direct firing on battle armor. I just cannot talk enough about how that just really deletes battle armor. You get within 17 hexes and you direct fire the arrow for high explosives. And yeah, it just they're gone. Bye bye. I like this list. It's got fun metal mechs. How, how many again? How many tag did it have? Because I know the Marauder had tag. That's it. It's just got the one tag. So just that's the Marauder. Yeah, that's that's, that's the spot. This is this is I'm hoping to get lucky with my artillery. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, ta- tag, if you've only got one and you either lose that back or just miss with it, it's, you know, I like I like Josh's five tag. That's a lot of <laughs> one tag. tag. <laughs> you know, you know, the the old saying like like two is one, one is none. Yeah. So, yeah, if you've only got one of something, you don't really have that something. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I tend to I tend to go by that by that. But other than that, like it's it's solid. I like that the tag is on the Marauder. Hmm. I hope people don't run away from it too fast. <laughs> yeah, I'd love I'd love it if the Morgan also had tag. That would be better. I that's a good change to make something similar, a punchy striker light that also has tag. So I can have two for one instead of one is none. <laughs> yeah, I think the problem is. I know I feel like I said this on the last one. It's like the Dragon 2 is just so expensive and it, I feel like it's not going to be as close because you want to be in that more maxish range of the artillery where it's still mm-hmm. landing same turn. Yeah. You yeah. don't want it like up Which close. Is, you don't want it. It's definitely not ever going to be six hexes away from a right. target. It's right. going to be probably like 12. So yeah. at 12, is it really sharing its armor? No. No. In, in my experience, yeah. The, dra- I, the Dragon 2 is... It's what I have painted, to be honest. <laughs> this is the I, I have I, these things list. Yes, it really is. I would love, I do like the Arrow 4, but something lighter, faster, cheaper, or some combination of those things in the back line. Yeah, certainly better than the Dragon 2. All right. And then we have Denim's list. Well, I mean, this I've, I've used parts of this. I've never made this into a discrete list before. Um, so that's kind of new. Uh, it did happen to be almost 7,500 BV, which is what we tend to make. So um, this just happened to work. The backbone of this are two catapult C5s. They're the ones with the uh, the Arrow 4, but they also have four tons of ammo for it, which is a nice upgrade from the C3. Mm-hmm. 
gunnery three, piloting five. They, Dirty. they, yeah, they sit in the back, they fire the missiles in the air, but they also have four ER mediums if things get close. So they can, they can definitely do damage. They, they go four, six, four. So they're not immobile. Like they're not super slow and they do have jump if they need to. So they can actually help cover each other if, if you didn't get past the, the skirmish line. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two mechs are a Raven 4L. That's the one with stealth armor, which helps it a little bit. You get that into some woods with the stealth armor. It's a lot harder to hit. And that has tag. And then uh, my Shadowhawk 5S, which is a 695, and it also has tag. So I have two tag, and I have two Arrow 4 launchers. So I can lose 50% of my list and and still be effective either, you know, in either direction. It's it's obviously a little bit light for a seventy five hundred. I need to do a little bit. I need to make those those arrow fours work at the beginning. I need to I need to find a target and I need to focus that down mm-hmm. while keeping my Shadowhawk and Raven moving constantly. Like they yeah. can't stop moving, which is gonna make designating tag a little bit harder, but <laughs> there's two of them, so that really increases the odds. I feel like um we have three levels of dedication to artillery here. We have full dedication. We have 50, literally 50% dedication with your list and token artillery with my list. I, I do like, like the Josh's five tag would be better than just my two, two but yeah. at least Five's- two, two is more than one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But mine could also go without the tag. It's just for roughly 500 BV which is 10% of my list, I have fast-moving scouts, line of sight, mm-hmm. and tag. And right. Well, like you said, yours is built to work with other units, yes. and mine is just a literal 7500 standalone. standalone. Yeah. Like, it goes out into the, into the field, and it's like, destroy this target, and then hopefully you get to come back. Yeah, because I could go even cheaper and do, you know, just arrow for vehicles, but where's the fun yes. in that? I yeah. thought about that, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm an old school person. If you're bringing Arrow 4, it's, everybody knows Arrow 4 is for mechs, and <laughs> Long Toms are for vehicles. I mean, they I'm, even have I'm a miniature. I'm excited about, that, about that, uh, that force pack coming out in the mercenaries oh, yeah. that so, comes with the Long Tom. So now that everyone knows how to use Long Toms, we're going to start seeing Long Toms on the table. And I just wanted to quickly so. touch on this. What are the ethics of artillery in pickup games? Because oh yeah, because, that's good. Good because this is this was one of the hardest problems. Is artillery brings up this discussion a lot because mm-hmm. it is such a if I don't take any, then I feel like I am uh, what's the word underprepared. I cannot deal with all the things. I yeah. am outplayed just because it exists. I, and I think this is the first time we've done this in the podcast is you have to crack open tactical operations. Like there's, there's no getting around it. Yeah. This is not a BMM thing unless we're just dealing with the, with the BSP version, but we're yeah. real, really talking about the nitty gritty, like, like super detailed. So yeah, like go find a copy of tactical operations. It's worth it. If you've, if you're no longer like on your, on your first five games of battle tech, there's some really good stuff in there. Uh, my issue is, there's a lot of mechs with Arrow 4. Like I, there I, are. I don't have to look hard. Catapults. Naga. Naga has two I'm Arrow Iconic four. clan mech. I mean... The uh, Longbow has got has got some. Yeah, pretty yeah. much any dedicated 
indirect fire, long range missile support mech has an arrow four variant. Like it just does. Yes. So yeah. I'm like, is arrow four so oppressive and difficult that you should never play with it on your pickup game? Like I should never build a list and be like, Hey, this is my list for tonight. It's got arrow four. And like, I shouldn't be kicked out of the room. No, I, I think consent is, is a good thing. <laughs> you know, ask, ask your opponent if they mind, yeah. but don't not bring it and don't be expected to be turned away. Like I know a lot of people at our Tuesday night games would be like, that sounds fun. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah. Artillery is not oppressive. I, I, I don't, I really don't think it is being it's more on, psychological yeah. than, than, than effective against mechs. The rules, the rules might be oppressive. So just <laughs> have that conversation with your, with your, your opponent. But yeah, artillery is not, it's not that scary guys. Don't worry about it. I think the <laughs> issue is that artillery is something where a skill gap becomes so much more visible and you know prevalent sure when yeah. an experienced player has you know a light tag on a jumping unit that has low gunnery so he can put a tag on anything he wants really like guaranteed like let's say 70 percent of the time he's getting a tmm4 and he gets tag on something and he's got arrow four you know sitting homing um, missiles yeah within within same turn range mm, mm-hmm. so it's like every turn you're taking arrow four like 70 percent of the time it's like a new player might not know, okay, well, my choices are to either like kill the team and Mac or press forward and kill the arrow four launcher or just kind of ignore like a newer player doesn't know that. So it's a feel bad moment. So arrow four and just artillery in general, especially if they're taking like inventory or battle armor heavy list, it just gets mm-hmm. invalidated. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I, I think the skill gap is why artillery is a hot topic constantly. Yeah. So, besides teaching everyone how to use artillery, is this something where like everyone should always think of taking an artillery, like even a mini unit? In in Alpha Strike, one hundred percent. In Classic, yeah. not so much because we're using much smaller units uh, size in yeah. uh, in Classic. So, in Classic, there's a lot of viable non artillery options uh that counter artillery or are equal enough to artillery that that it won't matter that much yeah so classic do what you like i i totally try artillery once or twice alpha strike almost almost always you need to have some sort of artillery option yeah i can't i can't really dissent i've taken artillery in classic and it's just you know you can ignore it if you want to i don't think you're unless you really enjoy the mind game because that's where it's at. Outside of that, don't worry about it. Alpha Strike, yeah. I like I like artillery and Alpha Strike. How about you, Josh? I mean, I'm definitely on the... If I'm expecting elementals or battle armor or infantry or stuff like that, just a, a boatload of that, I'm like, well, the obvious answer is for me to take artillery then. That's true. It's so a hard if, counter. Yeah. yeah. So if... If you are doing X, then I'm going to do Y. And then we are yeah. going to constantly rock, paper, scissors until we have lists that are very generalized. So you might have one or two battle armor, and I might have like a single arrow four mech. I might have a single yeah. bombardier. Hmm. And I might okay. have a mech with a light tag. I won't do a full, you know, artillery star. Yeah. But I'll have that yeah. as my well, instead of a LRM, you know, mech, I'll have an arrow four mech today. I like that. All right. Anything else we want to talk about for artillery? I, I think we've covered it. Okay. I think we covered it hard. Good. That's how I like to cover them. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, who wants to send us home for this one? Right. You can contact us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook and Discord, and a special thank you to our patrons. And if your opponent is harassing you too much with artillery, you always have the option of taking off and nuking the site for Morbid. It is the only way to be sure. <laughs>